It's Monday, May 2nd. Welcome to The News Diet, a healthier alternative for staying informed. I'm your host, Michelle Carroll. Today, I'm going to talk about the new Disinformation Governance Board, the White House Correspondence Dinner, and Nancy Pelosi's visit to Ukraine. Let's be informed so we can get on with our day. Last week, the Department of Homeland Security announced its plans to set up what they're calling a Disinformation Governance Board, which is intended to prevent the spread of disinformation online. Over the last few years, as the world adjusts to the rise in social media, where anyone can publish anything to a world audience, there's been a spotlight on the need to decipher between truthful and false information. Now, the spread of false information isn't new to social media. Of course, there's instances throughout history of the public being misled from both fellow citizens and even the government. Think Vietnam, Watergate, the Clinton-Lewinsky affair, to name a few. But the internet and social media has made it even harder to realize which so-called facts are, well, factual. Between the Russia collusion accusations, to the range of COVID perspectives, to Hunter Biden's laptop, and what felt like the entire Trump presidency, accusations of disinformation have dominated headlines in the last few years. So now, the DHS, or Department of Homeland Security, want to combat it. The real question is, how? Details haven't really been announced yet, and representatives have remained vague in their explanations. Here's the Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, being asked about the board's plans. Can you clarify what exactly is this? What exactly will this disinformation governance board do? Will it monitor American citizens? Dan, I'm very pleased to do so. It's clear. I mean, those criticisms are precisely the opposite of what this small working group within the Department of Homeland Security uh, will do. And um, I think we probably could have done a better job of communicating what it does and does not do. So the, the fact is that disinformation that creates a threat to the security of the homeland is our responsibility to address. Mm-hmm. And this department has been addressing it for years, throughout the years of the prior administration, and an ongoing basis. Disinformation from Russia, right. China, We know Iran. the problems, but it's still not clear to me how this governance board will act. What, what will it do? So what it does is it works to ensure that the way in which we address threats, the connectivity between threats and acts of violence are addressed without infringing on free speech, protecting civil rights and civil liberties, the right of privacy. And the board, this working group, internal working group, will draw from best practices and communicate those best practices to the operators because the board does not have operational authority. The lack of details has left critics worrying about what it would mean to have a government body governing the dissemination of information. Does this mean censorship? policy around certain perspectives, an attack on free speech. There's even comparisons to the Ministry of Truth, which is a fictional department in the George Orwell classic 1984. The book depicts a society under totalitarian control, and the department's role was to rewrite history and control what people believe. Without details, it's hard to know what's worth criticizing or not. 
with so much buzz, the DHS will likely have to come out with more information soon. Saturday night was the first White House Correspondents' Dinner in two years due to the pandemic. The dinner is an annual black tie event meant to celebrate the White House Correspondents' Association, raise funds for journalism programs, and generally provide a friendly bridge between the White House press and those they cover like the president and his administration. The dinner usually has performances by comedians, who often conduct roast-like jokes towards the political elite. This year was hosted by Trevor Noah. Here are some of his jokes from the evening. And as you all know, President Biden's lack of a filter does get him into hot water sometimes. You know, last month he caused a huge international incident saying that Vladimir Putin should be removed from power. It was very very upsetting to Russia. Yeah, until someone explained to them that none of the stuff Biden wants actually gets done. (laughs) But despite some hiccups, President Biden has led the country through some really dark times since he took office. The COVID pandemic, the war in Ukraine, the launch of CNN Plus. And don't forget, don't forget, don't forget, he's also had some major legislative successes. You know, in his first year in office, I might add, you know, he got a bipartisan infrastructure bill passed that would do everything from fixing America's roads and bridges to modernizing school buses, which Matt Gates's girlfriend is very excited about. <laughs> don't boo love. <laughs> Not to mention, no president in my memory has given more marginalized groups opportunities. You know, I'm talking about women the LGBTQ community, the Taliban, the list goes on and on. And I know, I know, Mr. President, that the left is super upset at you, you know? But I think that they should be happy to know that you just recently announced that you're proposing a new 20% minimum tax on the super wealthy. And I will say, President Biden, that you were a big man here, a really big man. You could have targeted Donald Trump, but instead you chose to only raise taxes on billionaires. That was big of you. Really nice. Prove me wrong. Show me the taxes. So. Over the years, critics of the dinner have pointed out the event has become more so-called Hollywood, with an increasing attendance of pop culture figures. Also, there's been questions on the ethics behind this glamorous social event between Washington figures and the White House press, which is supposed to remain as neutral as possible in their reporting. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi visited Ukrainian capital Kyiv on Saturday, making this the most senior-level visit from an American lawmaker. Pelosi said that she and other members shared, quote, a message of appreciation from the American people for his leadership. In other Ukraine news, yesterday saw the successful evacuation of about 100 civilians from a steel plant currently housing hundreds, if not thousands, of Ukrainian civilians and wounded soldiers, as Russian forces continue to occupy the city around it. This southeastern port city of Mirapol has become one of the most affected by the invasion. It's suspected that up to 100,000 people could still be blockaded in the city, as multiple evacuation agreements have supposedly failed to come to fruition due to the continued Russian attacks. 
Humanitarians and Ukrainian officials have continued to call for pauses on the assaults so to be able to continue evacuating those trapped. It's Monday, May 2nd, and you've just been informed. Now it's time to get on with your day. I'm Michelle Carroll. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the news diet, be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast so you can always get the latest episode. And leave a review as we all know how that helps boost a show's visibility. If you have any suggestions on how I can improve the show, I definitely want to hear from you. I want the news diet to be as valuable as possible for you, so if you feel compelled, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at the news diet or directly to my email feedback at thenewsdiet.com.